the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Today we're talking uh, with Jeff Arsenault. He is uh, a friend of the podcast and has been listening pretty much, he says, since the beginning. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. a real honor to be here. Well, I don't know about I don't know honor. about an honor, but, but uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. But I, I know we, we appreciate you being here. This should be a fun conversation. So Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, I um, have the good fortune of uh, having uh, married my uh, my high school sweetie. So we've Aww. been uh, together since 1981. Uh, we have uh, one daughter. Uh, so uh, we enjoy uh, her company uh, with, along with that of my son-in-law. And then uh, our pride and joy is our four-year-old granddaughter. Aww. So, um, you know, uh, so luckily... Uh, uh, you know, our, our family is uh, is all very close, uh, with the exception of my brother down in Virginia. But otherwise, everybody is uh, within about a half hour of here. So we'll uh, nice. you know, see everybody tomorrow for uh, Easter dinner. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. Any, any, uh, any kids uh, also in the hobby? Were you successful uh, in getting the kids? To no, I, uh, yeah. my, I don't know. My granddaughter uh, is, uh, she's kind of a busy girl. She absolutely, uh, she's the queen of the field. Uh, she loves to, uh, uh, to come to the field, uh, fool around, take nature, nature walks and, and run around. But <laughs> sure. um, her attention span uh, is not quite there yet. Uh, I've tried it a little bit with my, uh, uh, with my daughter and son-in-law. But uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, my dad, uh, you know, who's been a, a full scale pilot since the uh, the 60s, uh, I bought him a little Aero Scout for Christmas and uh, plan on teaching him this year. Excellent. So he's got the uh, the bug to give it a try as well. So that would probably be the only family member I can get into the hobby. Well, that's one more than I've been successful with, Ryan. You? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. You know, there's, there's still hope for Piper. I'm hoping she will be yeah. able to. Um, you know, get into it as much as I was hoping Cody would, but, uh, you know, time will tell. Time will, well, she's already been on the simulator, so. She, yeah, she has. She know. enjoyed that, but so that's, that's more a of a game to her, well, which is fine. It, it could turn into, you know, turn into a, like a life-size game. Yeah, that's know? true. So. I told her once she can take off and land, we will build her an airplane. All right. And she wants it to look like a cheetah. I don't think I've said that yet. So She wants it to look like a cheetah. <laughs> a cheetah, yeah. Okay. She's big in a cheetah, so we'll, oh, hey. who knows? Orange and black, well, right? Two pink airplanes are a result of my granddaughter, so <laughs> yes. um, that's her favorite color. <laughs> right on. Yeah. You do what you can. You do what I mean, you need right? to do. That's Even right. if it's the, the worst-looking airplane, in your opinion, if that's what they like, that's, that's what you go for. Yep, exactly right. So, yeah, I built a, I built a little mini Telemaster a couple of years ago. Uh, we had rented a house for a few weeks up in, uh, up in Maine, and I framed it up over uh, the holiday, and then I grabbed the, uh, the hot pink covering material and then my wife took her to like i don't know michael's or one of those places she got these big foamy stickers i didn't think anything of it and i practically crashed the thing once i put the stickers on it it was so much drag so on much the drag. wings that it wouldn't fly <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's awesome you live and you learn right that's right <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah you said telemaster you're big into telemasters aren't you yeah, I don't know why. Uh, you know, I've got awesome. a uh, I've got a thing for uh, for the for the big high wing airplane. So uh, so I've got three of them, and I don't know if uh, you know if the forty or the sixty size kit became available, uh, I'd probably scoop those up as well. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just one of those that you know. Way back when I got started in the hobby, I remember having you know someone having one. You know, just that you know big gentle you know flying on the wing kind of a thing, and you know just seemed to have enjoyed it. So I don't know. You you like what you like. 
Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I'm that way with sticks. I mean, I'm sure you've heard me go on and on and on about how how such a you know good airplane, everybody ought to own one. And clearly you feel that way about the Telemasters. And I don't disagree. I like ours. Absolutely. Uh, even though it came out of a trash can. But that's, that's the best kind. <laughs> I mean, because we actually, you know, you took it literally from a trash can yes. and yeah. flew it again. Yeah. That's yeah, like has, the best, yeah, best story. Yeah. Talk about, you know, adopting dogs and saving dogs' lives. I saved that telemaster's life. I mean, I don't know if that's something. <laughs> kind of the same. Go. Is it really? Well, I it was know. headed for the dump. I mean, there's a little difference in wood I and suppose. an actual dog, but that's nothing was... against dogs. We have a rescue also. So. Yeah, so do we. That's a <laughs> weird thing to say, though. <laughs> so, your, your biggest telemaster, Jeff, is a, a 12 foot uh, gas powered yes, telemaster. What yep. uh, what like what brand is that, or is that a like a kit built, or or what is it? Yeah, so it was uh, the Hobby Lobby, and I don't know. It's one of those I had eyeballed that for a while. You know, back when Hobby Lobby was still around, I think that that kit was it had peaked at about a thousand or twelve hundred dollars for the box of sticks, <laughs> yeah, and I just mine. came up. I just came upon it. I think it was on RC Groups, and uh, I picked the kit up for five hundred dollars. The guy had never opened it up. And, you know, it's one of those that when you get that kit, I mean, it comes in a box the size of a coffin. Yeah, and, you huge. know, the landing gear alone, you know, probably, uh, you know, the span on the landing gear has got to be two feet kind of a thing. So that you know that you're into something pretty big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically making plywood when you build it. So Right. Yep. Yeah, there's you've sent us some pictures, too. And that is that's an impressive airplane. Yeah, it's beautiful. What size motor you got on that? So it's funny, I started off, um, you know, I, as I had mentioned, I got back into uh, the liquid fuels over the last few years. So I started off and I had a, um, I think I picked it up at a swap meet. I had a Rimfire 50cc electric. So I went, uh, I set that up. Uh, I flew it for the uh, the first season on electric. But, you know, the problem was, is, you know, I had four or $500 of batteries in it for about a four minute flight. It was like flying an EDF jet kind yeah, of a yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so then I swapped it out to um, DLE 55 uh, since then. You know, it was flying on a, you know, 12S, 8,000 pack, something like that. So, you know, <laughs> you, you know you're not going to have six of those in your uh, in your battery can. <laughs> yeah. No. And yeah, that's, that, a, that's a good motor, too. That type so. of that type of battery scares me to death. So, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know why it scares you. It's no well, different it's, than I a know, smaller one. It's I just know, bigger. I know. So I guess it is a little different. But I mean, bigger it's Bigger and more capable of death and destruction, but... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before, because I, I want to talk about a couple of the other uh, airplanes on your on your list, but before Which, we by get the to way, that, before yeah, before I just want to comment on your list. I love it. Like it's a <laughs> it's like a great mix of nitro, gas, and electric. I'm sorry. What was that? Thank so you. That one, the last one was what? <laughs> electric. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you for some reason you didn't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is something to be said, you know, uh, I, you know, I like the smell of, uh, nitro, you know, the gas is economical, but man, there is something to be said for, uh, the, uh, the never worrying about a, or rarely ever worrying about a dead stick with electric, you know, yeah. it's plugging in, it works every time. I mean, you know, we fly here, uh, you know, in the Northeast, you know, uh, we've got kind of a hardy group and we fly, you know, 12 months a year. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, a little more of a challenge with the nitros to, uh, to fly that on a, on a. 20 degree day oh, kind absolutely. of thing. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, you are preaching to the choir. I mean, like what you said is my exact thoughts on things. Like, well, with the exception of I like nitro, I don't want to own nitro. <laughs> I've said it so many times before. Like, I like the smell. I like everything about it. I don't like owning them because I don't want to deal with everything that goes the into mess. it. The mess. Yeah. So I get it. Um, but before, okay, before we go any farther, 
let's talk about, first off, what's your number? Uh, so I've got about, you know, I came up, it was funny, um, I, I actually had to go look around. So I came up with about 25 flyable aircraft. Awesome. I've got at least a half a dozen in storage. Uh, you know, I end up, uh, you know, as a, as a pretty good builder, um, you yeah. know, guys kind of give me the, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of past, uh, you know, taking them, uh, you know, a complete destruction kind of a thing and try to rebuild that. But, you know, guys end up with airframes, you know, they pick them up cheap. Somebody gave them to them. Yeah. And uh, so I've got, uh, so I've got a couple of neat ones that are up in the rafters right now. One of them, I, you know, uh, Tom, maybe you've been around a long time. It's one of these, uh, it was a scratch built. Uh, I've got the uh, original sketches on it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's one of those big high wing, must be a hundred inch wing. But, you know, three channels, you know, the cylindrical uh, fuselage on there. So I'm hoping to get to that this summer. I've got a big, um, uh, big Satabrier up in the uh, rafters. That's probably, you know, a quarter scale airplane, something like that, that a good friend of mine gave me. Um, you know, there's a, a handful of those guys there, but about 25 flyable right now. Yeah, that's a great number. And that the one you're talking about, like maybe a a Quaker or something like that, maybe. Yeah, that, that's it. Yep. Something yeah. like that. I, I wanted to say the Valkyrie, but you know, it yeah. definitely isn't that, uh, that level of, uh, matchstick building kind of a thing, <laughs> right. but, you know, but similar to a Quaker. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually flown one of those. I've, I've seen a number of them and I've wanted to actually build one for quite a while, but I just, uh, you know, it's one of those things I just never got around to, but neat looking airplanes look like they'd be a great Sunday, easy, relaxing, you know, just, just float around, you know, low stress airplane, you know, mm -hmm. agreed. Yeah. You know, the three channel uh, stuff um, is uh, I've, I've, I've got a handful of them. I do pretty well with that, but you know, it's like flying, uh, you fly a three channel airplane. It's like flying a, a regular airplane with expo on a hundred. It's, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bury the stick, wait for it. Wait. wait okay. There it, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great analogy actually. Yeah. yeah no, I've had, uh, I've got a good friend of mine that's a very good 3d pilot and, you know, uh, you know, hand <laughs> on the box for a minute and about 10 seconds later, how the hell do you fly that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So let's, let's read through your list here. And then I want to, uh, like I said, I want to talk about a couple of these. Um, Tom, you want to take it or do you want me to? Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start here. Or I so guess, we'll... Jeffrey, do you, do you want to read your list? Or do you yeah, it doesn't matter. Or... I mean, whoever. No, go ahead. You guys go, and I'll, uh, I'll answer anything that, uh, that okay. you might like. So, so, uh, so yeah, you got, got, the, got the list broken down here by uh, flyable and then kits. So we'll, I'll run quickly through the flyable ones. We've got the 12-foot Telemaster, which is gas. Uh, I've got an 8-foot Telemaster or mini Telemaster. Uh, you have the Pilatus Porter, which you have nitro. What do you got power in that one? What size is that? Uh, that one is, I think that's a um, OS fifty-two four-stroke on there. Okay. And uh, in uh, in full disclosure, I actually gave that airplane away to uh, to a good friend of mine. Uh, um, I, I had forgotten I had even given it away. Uh, he's kind of transitioning <laughs> from uh, from foamies to uh, you know to something a little more substantial. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a uh, that's a, a great little flying airplane. Um, yeah. Honest. Um, I don't know what, you know, lands relative, you know, with no flaps on it, it lands a little hot. So it's a good transition airplane. Yeah. But, yep. um, you know, I love the four strokes on there. Those, you can't yeah. beat that sound. I, mean, I, I agreed. Uh, <laughs> you are correct. So uh, next we've got uh, an S-Bach, uh, which is also mm -hmm. nitro. We've got a Pete and Poke, which is a uh, Great Plains take on a Pete and Pole, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That one is, uh, that's a fun little flyer. That's, uh, you don't want to uh, fly that on a windy day. And uh, <laughs> that needs as 
much rudder as a helicopter to uh, to get around kind of a thing. That's lots of yore on that one. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a cute little uh, cute little plane. I built that about ten years ago. Yep. And then we got a, a Sig Mini Rascal, which if everybody's mm -hmm. familiar with the Rascal, the Mini version flies just as good as the the bigger ones. So, like, what's the wingspan on the Mini one? Oh, 40-ish, 45, something like that. Okay. You know, I think that they started off, it was uh, it was supposed to be like, I don't know, what was it, Tom, uh, the old brushed Speed 400. I think that one has a, uh, I think that's got like a little uh, 450 sized, um, you know, it's sized up for, uh, you know, a little brushless motor in it. Hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got a Bruce Tharp uh, Delta Vortex, which is a Delta wing, obviously, given mm -hmm. the name. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Tharp flying wing, which another uh, flying wing. That's the straight one, right? Uh, no, that's the uh, the flying king. That's the um, in the king, photos. That's the uh, the uh, Coast Guard one. So it's got like a, I think they call it a trihedral wing on it. I've got a little drop box for parachute guys in that one. Oh really? Oh, that's yep. awesome. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right. So next, you got a sixty size stick. Everybody ought to have a stick. <laughs> Uh, you've got the Calypso. Is that the uh, the Calypso? Is that the... Um... That's the sailplane, right? Yeah, sailplane, exactly. Okay. And I've got that one. I've had that for years. That thing's got hundreds of flights on it. Uh, that's another one that I use for uh, for night flying. I know we're going to chat about that a little bit. Uh, but basically on that one, I just hot glued and uh, stuck LEDs all over it. So, you know, it, there's no... You, you know, you can't get in too much mischief with that airplane. It, uh, you know, it, it does everything you want it to do and... You know, there's not a lot of emotional attachment to it at this point. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes that's not a bad thing. Well, you've had it so exactly. long. How can you not have an attachment to it? <laughs> yeah, see, Ron and I differ on that. Like, I, I, I get attached to things, especially the longer I hold on to them, the more I get attached to them, like my contender I've had for years. Mm -hmm. And Ron is one of those, if it's old, I got to get rid of it. That's no, kinda... it, that's age doesn't necessarily <laughs> have anything to do with it. It's condition and how much do I like it. Oh, okay. If it's something that needs a lot of work and I don't want to work on it, then I'm fine just passing the buck to somebody that wants it. I see. That's okay. me. Yeah, it's funny you're talking about work. I spent the last few weeks, um, you know, in kind of repair mode. So, you know, I'm typically in build mode. And, you know, I had, I don't know, to make that 25 list on there, I had seven or eight airplanes that they probably didn't need any more than a half hour or an hour of attention. And it's like, oh, I'll get to it. I mean, that the stick actually... Um, I had a bad servo on that. I didn't fly that last year for the sake of the um, four screws and a electrical connector for a <laughs> yeah. servo. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, I hear you. Yeah, and funny you should say that because the past few weeks I've been, you know, putting air or getting airplanes ready that I haven't uh, just for whatever reason gotten, you know, given them the attention they need. And yeah, half hour work, and you know, I've got three airplanes ready to go that I didn't haven't mm -hmm. flown for the last three or four years because i didn't have 30 minutes to spare yeah yep i know what you mean all right so next we got a turbo timber yep we all know what that is two blade 450s uh, helicopters yeah uh, so i haven't touched those in a while so uh you know the uh the guys that i hang with um you know there's a lot of peer pressure so uh, a bunch <laughs> of those guys have um uh, recently gone hog wild into helis and you know i'm sure i'll get sucked into that vortex very soon um <laughs> You know, that, you know, nice we, uh, we all went through the, the uh, FPV racing quads uh, a couple of years back, oh, spent yeah. a whole bunch of money, um, you know, went all crazy with that. And, yeah, and then I don't know, it kind of wore off kind of a thing. So, uh, so I'm under, uh, I'm under severe pressure to, um, <laughs> to step up my heli game this year. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, good, good luck put, you know, standing up to the pressure. We, 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 we all know how like our buddies sometimes can uh, influence our spending. So. Yeah, don't give in to bullies. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got a Hobby King albatross here. What's the World War One bird, right? Uh, no, that's the uh, uh, the uh, the twin engine. Like I think that's like World War Two. So uh, that one I hit. Uh, that's another peer pressure uh, peer pressure purchase. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah. Uh, so we got a Nitro Eindecker. Which one is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that's a small one. I uh, I picked that up at a uh, hobby store up in uh, up in Maine uh, last uh, last summer. Uh, so that's got like a you know, I don't know thirty five or forty size. Uh, so it's probably a sixty inch wingspan. Mm-hmm. It's three channel. Yep. Cool. Uh, sixty size cub. We got a quarter scale cub. Uh, an assassin assassin combat wing. That's the one I was uh, looking at. Her. That's the one with the two tails, right? Uh, nope, that's nope. the uh, the assassins uh, of foamy. That's the um, what is that crash test hobbies or something like that? You know, they show it flying into a brick wall. The uh, the Delta Vortex was the one with the uh, the twin tails. That's a uh, that's a screamer oh, okay. that uh, that flies very very well. Okay, all right. Um, so then we got a Blade Mantra FPV wing. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what that is at all. Do you know, Ron? Yeah, I, it's, it's I don't know. A... It's probably like a. Forty-ish uh, inch wingspan, something like that. Um, you know, it's got probably the only airplane I have with uh, safe on it, but uh, it's a it's a nice FPV, um, you know, platform. So uh, I'm trying to think, what's that like? You know, 4S, 1500 pack, something like that. Um, but you know, nice flyer. Um, you know, just flies right out of your hand for a hand launch kind of a thing. So a piece of cake that way. So the FPV, I, I have to ask. So. I'm older, right? And mm-hmm. so I've tried the FPV thing with the goggles and stuff, and I can't do it. It makes me nauseous. nauseous. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I don't have the reference, you know, the peripheral. I'm assuming you must do okay with that because you've, you know, you've you've got a few. It was there. it was funny. Uh, so uh, myself and uh, and uh, and a good friend of mine, uh, you know, we decided to uh, to try it out. So I think actually, I think the first plane I had it on was the uh, the Timber, mm-hmm. and you know, just fabbed up a mount on it. And I don't know, we, um, Tim and I picked it up in a matter of, uh, an afternoon kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, we're able to take off and land under the goggles. I have to sit down to do it. I really, I can't stand up doing it. I get the, I get the leans, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I seem to have picked that up right away. And then, you know, we were flying the, um, uh, the race drones, you know, we were, you know, clocking over a hundred miles an hour with no problem at all. Really? You know, in fact, we used to joke. It's like, if I had one twice as fast, I could still fly it. It was I don't know, really? just one of those that I, I've never been prone to motion sickness. So uh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, seem to have uh, gravitated to that pretty quickly. It's not something I do every weekend. It's something, uh, you know, I like to do it for fun. Um, the other good thing is that if you get uh, visitors kind of a thing is to give them a ride along. So let somebody yeah. else wear the goggles, sit them down, and then, you know, you fly line of sight and, you know, yeah. let somebody enjoy the uh, view. You know, kids especially like that. My granddaughter loves it. So Sure. <laughs> well, that's one thing I've not done. I've not actually tried it sitting down. And, and I yeah, absolutely, I understand completely what you're talking about with the leans because I, I got it too. So, <laughs> all right. So maybe I'll try it sitting down one of these days. It, uh, I mean, it might work. Yeah. We've got a Robin Hood 80. This is her tri-motor. That's the red one, right? Yep. In the front. Uh, yeah, that one right there. Yeah, that was a bash. That actually came out, actually um, cool you know, pretty nice. Yeah. Um, you know, funny quick story on that one on the maiden day on there. So, you know, it's got kind of rotating on uh, motors on the wings. Mm-hmm. I think that's got like three 32 size motors. 
And I didn't know it, but I spun a prop uh, on the left engine uh, on takeoff just as it came up. In fact, my friend had actually recorded it. The prop spun up, must have gone 100 feet in the air. And, you know, so a maiden flight, I get it up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a handful. I mean, I need so much rudder to get this around. Well, (laughs) yeah, when you only got two or three engines turning, uh, it was a handful. Uh, Now, you know, I know that you guys are big and, you know, talking about it. Um, that airplane literally flies like it's a gyro. I don't know whether it's the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the gyroscopic procession from the outboard motors on there with that center one on there, but that's super stable. It's, uh, uh, that one's a lot of fun to fly. Uh, sounds pretty good in the air too, with all three spinning. So, yeah, we have a, we have a tri-motor project too, that we're going to put together one of these days. So hopefully we, we have the same. I mean, do we really, it gets pushed off so far. Well, are we going to, I mean, gonna, mean, I mean well, balsa. Gotta okay. get some balsa. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, old school model works javelin, and then a gremlin. I think mm-hmm. I know what a gremlin is, but I'm not going to say it this time. So why don't you tell us what a gremlin is? <laughs> sure. So uh, that is um, uh, that's actually um, what is that? Ra cause Jim um, uh, Jim Heath. He's actually um, a local guy uh, up in Massachusetts. So that is a uh, foam wing. Uh, you cover it with um, packing tape. It's designed for combat, and the fuselage is actually a um, uh, a piece of uh, square PVC tubing, probably three inches in diameter, and then you slap the fins to it. Um, mm. On the photos that uh, that I had shared, that's the airplane that's sitting on the workbench. Okay, so that's the one that's on the bench. Okay, and we're calling that a gremlin. As we all, yeah, we're all shuffling here. The so the gr- the one with the green tails and the and the blue wing exactly. with the red. Okay, exactly, sir. Yep. Well, it looks like it would be a lot of fun to fly. And you do this? You do this combat? Uh, yes. Yep. I haven't, uh, that one we've done, uh, combat with the assassin. Uh, there's two of us that have the gremlins now. Uh, so we haven't tried that. Um, combat flying is ridiculously difficult to try to, <laughs> even when you, even if I line up and say, Hey, come get me yeah. and I'll hold the steady line. It's almost impossible yeah. to run into someone. So it is, I, I agree. We, I've said it a few times on the, on the show before. It's extremely difficult to, to intentionally fly into another airplane in the air. But for some reason, it's extremely easy to run into one on the ground or on your approach and landing or whatever. Or when you're just flying yeah, I've got around. Four or just... five midias to my uh, credit, uh, nice. and just all, just all. Ooh, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's always a surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Never expected. All right, so that's a gremlin. Okay, and then uh, and then so- the last one is just a stupid airplane. So a friend of mine and I, uh, I think we chipped in, I don't know, forty or fifty bucks a piece a few years ago at Joe Nall. So uh, somebody had built a uh, Sig Cadet, um, put a big old balsa nose on it, and then put uh, two um, two EDF motors on the wings. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it, you know it makes a lot of noise. Uh, it only it's got needs it needs batteries like crazy. It only flies for about three minutes, but yeah, it's a conversation piece. Yeah. So we usually take that out for fun flies or something, just because um, you know it's uh, it's it's a goofy balance setup on there. I think we fly it with. You know, I bet it sounds wild. It does. With it does. Two EDFs. And, uh, I think it you know it takes two like four S four thousand packs to uh, to get you three minutes of flight, and then you got to jam another. I don't know another six S pack in there for weight and balance. So yeah. it's kind of a kind of a different setup on there. Yeah. So what EDFs did you use for that? Like what? I have no idea what's oh, on just there. Whatever you um, had. Yeah. Uh, it was like I say. It was um, you know it was literally in a pile of airplanes, and uh, we looked at it. And my friend and I, Joe, were just like, "Yep, we got to have that." And you know, <laughs> thirty or forty bucks a piece, handed it yeah. to the guy, and uh, and then we uh, we flew it down there that week. 
And it flies good with the with the two EDFs on there. Flies like a cadet. Yep. It, no um, kidding. You know. Yep. It's not uh, even with all. You know, a cadet will hold a heck of a load. I think so. Yeah. Uh, even with all those batteries on it, you don't notice it. It slows up nice for landing. That's Piece awesome. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, moving over to the kits then. Uh, quarter scale uh, champ. Which kit is yep. that? So that's a a Wendell Hostetler, Hostetler kit. So okay. that one uh, is um, that one is um, that's a big one. That's been a challenge. Uh, that one's been a challenge. So I don't know. Let's see. Last winter, I framed up the uh, the wings, the ailerons, and the tail feathers. No problem at all. I snuck a couple of kits in, and then I um, <laughs> I jumped into the fuselage this winter and. I don't know. I'm a decent builder, but every stick I glued on there, I was second guessing myself. So I've got the fuselage done. Uh, it is a absolute work of art. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's one of those that mm, I hate to cover it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous with the curves and everything that you get. And, uh, and the construction is super light. So I had just, uh, somebody had mentioned, I don't know, maybe it was on your show or one of the other shows, but about using a fish scale to weigh things. I, mm-hmm. I didn't own one of those. So yeah, I had bought that's what one. I use you know, for 15 bucks or whatever it was kind of a thing. Uh, so I weighed up all the pieces on it and the airframe right now, you know, this is just sticks only, but four and a half pounds for a 109 inch airplane. So, yeah, that's uh, you know, just insanely light. So that'll get, uh, I don't know, probably a DLE 20 or something like that. Um, Perfect. This, uh, you know, this summer I'll get working on it and you know, it'll be, it's a lot of work for an airplane of that size for certain. So, yeah. All right. And then we got a great plane Stinson, uh, the Great Plains T thirty four. Oh, did you want to say something about the Stinson? No, no. Those are just the uh, those are those big master builder kits yeah. on there. So um, you know this, uh, you know those will uh, you know those will be a couple of year labor of love certainly for that <laughs> Stinson. Yeah. Oh, that's a quarter scale airplane as well. Right. Uh, we got a couple of lazy bees, a giant one, and a regular one. Is this the Clancy uh, design? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I had one uh, that uh, I ended up giving to a friend. You know, that's another one. You know, it's that three channel, wait for it, wait for it. That's, <laughs> you know, with that, that crazy wing on it, it's actually pretty maneuverable. So uh, looking forward to uh, to getting to that guy. Yeah, good. that's good to know because Ron has one now. Yeah, I just bought one at the Toledo show and uh, have not had a chance to fly it yet because there's a lot that has to be done to it after getting this it one, home yeah. and tearing into it. But we Is cannot... it the small one, Ron? You know, what? Uh, it's you know 36 40 inch no, wingspan something like that probably good 60 size. inch yeah. or so wingspan yeah. i would guess I oh okay measured. the bigger one so yeah um, but there, there are a handful on the ground um you know on the small lazy bee i used to uh typically hand launch that just because it was uh, oh. it was so you know it's so close coupled with the gear it was a handful on the ground for sure yeah i can imagine just by looking at it but what's weird about this one and we've tried to figure out who made it like it looks like an arf to me or a it kit. does yeah uh, it doesn't look like it was scratch built but the windows instead of the normal round windows that you get on lazy bees these are molded plastic like they're they're molded plexi but they're i don't know what do you think that is inch and a half tall by five inches long yeah. square square windows hmm. yeah. yeah and there's three on each side yeah so it's odd, yeah. We can't we can't place who who made this one, um, but I mean, it looks just like every other lazy bee except for except the square for the windows. windows yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway, good to know. Uh, then we got a P fifty one kit here. Which one is that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh, what that one was. So that came partially framed. I, I think I bought that as a uh, at a swap meet. Uh, it is 
Oh, it's got to be a 60 inch. So I don't know what that'd be six scale, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, it was partially framed up. So that's just in the, uh, in the collection for the moment. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, a gentle lady. That's a glider. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got a Sig Cobra. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Cessna yeah, I got a bunch. Uh, I, I, I just didn't have a chance. Uh, you probably would have appreciated it. And then, uh, around that time when I bought that, I bought a bunch of kits, you know, they were all had to be made in the seventies and eighties. Oh, awesome. uh, balsa sheeted foam core wings kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd probably recognize them better than, uh, better than I would. Well, I don't know. I've, I'm not doing too well here on identifying <laughs> some of these airplanes. I've, I've noticed that yeah. you've been, uh, -huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Sig Cobra, like I said, um, the, uh, that's the small one. And then they do a King Cobra, which is the, uh, 60 size. I used to have a King Cobra that had retractable gear and man, that thing was like awesome. It would go exactly where you pointed it, and it yeah. was fast too. At least yeah. the one, the one that I flew anyway. Uh, Cessna one eighty two, Sig Liberty Sport. Yeah, that's a great biplane. I've had one of those. Uh, yeah, so that one. Uh, uh, so I, I cut a deal, or my friend cut a deal with me. So uh, I have a dear friend that is uh, is not a builder. Uh, so uh, he picked that kit up about a month ago and uh, made a deal with me. And said, "Hey, listen. If you put, you put the labor into it, I'll provide all the materials, the motor, the covering, the servos, and uh, and we'll go habsies on the airplane. So I'm looking forward to uh, to dig into that. I have not built a uh, a biplane previously. I'm not overly concerned about the uh, the framing it up and putting it together. It's more the rigging that uh, that gives me a little night sweat. So <laughs> see how that goes. Well, the Sig Liberty Sport's not not as difficult as some, but yeah, there is there is uh, you do have the guy wires and all that stuff that you got to put on there, and they are functional, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. on that airplane. So um, that does add to the time it takes to put it together at the field, but when it's together, boy, is it pretty. Uh, okay, half a cub. We got a Balsa USA soft with pup. That's good to see, and many more <laughs> here at the bottom. So, I got yeah, so, tired of um, writing stuff, so many more. <laughs> yeah, so a little story on those kits. So I kind of, okay. um, I don't know, about three or four years ago, I kind of went on a buying spree, and I must have picked up at least twenty, uh, at least twenty kits. I was buying them on eBay and RC groups, and then mm -hmm. I was. Um, uh, like many of us, uh, you know, we never bring home the receipts or anything like that. So I was having them shipped to my office. So, uh, office. so I had a little hidey hole at my office on top of our uh, little IT room uh, that uh, that we have. It's kind of like a, a almost like a tool shed within the building, and I was I was hiding them up on the uh, the shelving over there. So during COVID, I got kicked out of my office and um, was required to work from home, which was fine. And then one day I got a call from our operations manager, and it's like Jeff, you got to get these things out of here. I'm like, why? What's, who's bothering? He goes, no, no. He says, we had the fire inspector came in. He, he went nuts. He saw that box, of, that pile of balsa wood. So now, you know, I had to load the back of an F-150 full of, um, full of kits. So that's, you know, and one bad thing. The other thing is find a place to put them and then, you know, share with your bride of uh, nearly 40 years <laughs> that, uh, you know, you just peeing away the retirement fund on, uh, on balsa kit. So, uh, so well, just all, the, all worked out in the end. Yeah. To me, the, the fact that you had a hidey hole at work just so that she wouldn't see them, that to me is, uh, awesome. I just, the, the You're gives, doing it like right. the, yeah, the, the wheels are turning in my brain. It's like, Oh, that's genius. Why didn't I think of that? Where can I put some? <laughs> That well, see, we, awesome. we just use the excuse of that's not my airplane. I'm storing that for Tommy or another friend of ours or, you know, yeah. something like that. So yeah. You, yeah. you could use that one sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome to use any of those ideas, by the way. And, <laughs> and I'm probably going to incorporate some 
to some degree, the uh, idea of hiding stuff at work, that's uh, <laughs> that's a new one, and that's genius, I'm telling you. The other one you can use is, uh, my friend gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, yeah, I've used that one. Absolutely. Yep, that, one, that one's in the, yeah. in the repertoire, so... Yeah. You can't use that all the time, though, no. because then it becomes unbelievable. Right, exactly. So every now and then, that's yeah. a... Oh, and actually, that's happened in real life, too. So it has. it's not always, you know, stretching the truth. Yeah, sometimes it's completely true. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't need to know which ones are completely true and which ones are, you know, yeah. not. <laughs> so, Jeff, I'd like to know, um, you know, we, we talk about it occasionally on the show, you know, your first memory or that, you know, of the RC or, or what kind of prompted you to get into the hobby. Uh, I'd be interested because you, you and I, I, I feel like we're, we're kind of brothers in the, in the sense that we <laughs> like kind of the same things. I'd be interested in knowing like what your first memory of the hobby is or what maybe prompted you to get into the hobby. Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but me, you know, I, it's, you know, it's got to be what now? It's got to be over 50 years kind of a thing. But my dad's uh, poor bloody fingertips. So he had bought me uh, the little Cox PT-19 control line trainer. Uh -huh. That had to be, I was just a little boy, so that had to be like 1969, 1970. I can even remember where we flew it. It's a local highway here that was not completed. We were flying it on an off-ramp. I can remember being worried that, you know, somebody was going to come and, you know, arrest us kind of a thing. I guess I was a nervous kid. Um, but uh, I remember, uh, you know, flying that. So, you know, he'd fly it and, uh, and I'd watch it. But, um, you know, I've always had a love of aviation. My dad, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he's been a full scale pilot since the, I don't know, 1966 or so, something like that. So, um, you know, you know, hung around, uh, you know, at airports, uh, you know, most of my life. Uh, so he still owns a, uh, a 1941 Aranka Chief, you know, no electrical system, hand profit. You know, uh, he flies it as often as uh, as weather will allow him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so like I say, I've had the aviation bug my entire life. Yeah. And then as a kid, you know, I had you know literally every Cox and Testers, uh, you know, those uh, control line models that were oh, yeah. available. You know, we lived on a uh, on a nice cul-de-sac, and you know, it was um, you know, I don't know, you hate to date yourself, but it seemed like a different <laughs> okay. time. You know, there was always twenty kids outside, and um, there was a couple of us that had them, and we fly at this little cul-de-sac at the end of the street. You know, the neighbors didn't mind, and uh, everything yeah. was good. Yep. Um, I so go ahead. Sorry, Tom. No, I'm just agreeing with the good old days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 You hate to say you're old, but yep, it was good old days. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So bloody fingertips. I, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the uh, with the affliction. Uh, trying to start those little cocks, uh, little bastards. Man, those things. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm, my my memory doesn't quite go back as far as yours. So, um, but yeah, that uh, that's quite a mem like almost a almost a memory that would like come back and haunt you, right? I mean, like, if my first memory was <laughs> yeah, of like somebody Halloween getting yeah. injured in the hobby, maybe, you know, hey, maybe this hobby's not for me, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you, know you persevered. Is, when you're a little kid, somebody gets a paper cut, you think they were amputated. So, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, my granddaughter's the same way today. Uh, you know, if you have a, you know, a, a little nick, you know, she thinks that you're ready to lose the finger. So, uh <laughs> You know, probably the other hobby back then, uh, you know, if my dad listens to this, he'll, uh, you know, he'll probably be upset is that we had this other, it was a Cox Messerschmitt or something or another, and it had, you know, all kinds of tail uh, elevator deflection and had a foam wing. 
and I think I got that for you know probably my tenth or twelfth birthday. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to fly it. He tried it. It went up, and uh, it met its very timely demise. <laughs> In pretty <laughs> it was just, short you know, order. it was just too uh, it was just too squirrely. So yeah, you know, I never had any luck flying flying the Cox uh, control line stuff. Uh, if, if it wasn't the, for the, you know, if it wasn't the engine, then it was, I didn't have anybody to help me, you know, launch the thing or I just, so I, like I got right into RC, you know, I didn't have control line kind of as that jumping off point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But surprisingly, we, um, uh, you know, we went to, uh, the Joe Nalvent a couple of years back and whenever it was 2019, they have a uh, control line set up and, uh, we went over and tried it and uh, I was shocked picked it up you know like i had been doing it yesterday kind really? of a thing yeah. so i mean still got dizzy uh i mean you know you, you <laughs> yeah. can't walk out of yeah. the ring i don't know how those guys do it but I don't either. uh but the actual control of it i think after doing rc for so long you know i think that we you know we toned down our um you know our stick deflections as it were and we had no trouble at all uh, there was four or five of us that tried it and we all picked it right up without issues so so uh jeff do you belong to a club yeah, so um, I actually I belong to uh, to three of them today. So um, yeah, well, you know, so on. Rhode Island is a pretty small state. You know, we're only about you know thirty miles wide and fifty miles north to south. So uh, I belong to three of them. So I belong to the uh, Rhode Island awesome. Quarter Scale Modelers, uh, the South County Radio Control Club. That was my very first club when I got into the hobby in the mid nineties, into the RC side of it. And then I'm most active with um, Rhode Island Aero Modelers. So I serve as the uh, the club's vice president and the instructor uh, we've got about 80 members probably half of them fly on a pretty regular basis you know it's a good uh it's a good club you know we reinvest um back into the club with our dues uh, a few years back we probably became the first club in the area that uh actually brought power into uh into the field which is really nice i mean that you know that you can charge and work at our work tables uh you know we have oh. a um that you know, is an nice. extension that we, you know, one of those big heavy duty extensions that we bring out from the uh, utility shed <laughs> and we're able to bring the uh, power right to the tables. And then, uh, you know, this year in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be putting a, uh, a second shade structure in. We bought these nice uh, permanent, they're actually carports of like, I don't know what they are, 12 by 24 or so, something like that. Yeah. And that was our big purchase for 2022. Yeah. You know, those structures are about $3,000 a piece. So uh, we put one up last year. We'll uh, we'll put the other one up this year. We have a special club rule. Nobody's done it yet, but uh, if somebody um, puts an airplane into the top of one of those structures, they have to sign their name on the inside of the uh, <laughs> side of the structure for uh, for all to see forever. So yeah. um, so so far so good. We haven't had uh, we haven't had one of those incidents, but um, you know it's kind of uh, you know kind of a fun group to uh, to make up a little rule once in a while. Well, yeah. It's nice to have those uh, shade structures there too, because oh, sometimes, yep. yeah, you're out there and it just gets hot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, at least at our field, if, you know, I fly nitro, so it requires a certain amount of tinkering and I don't certain have, amount. I don't have any hair on my head. So I you know have to wear a hat, but if I forget my hat and yeah, it gets burned pretty quickly out there. Pretty so quick. having those shade, that'd be nice. What I'm impressed by though is you you're a member of three clubs. Three clubs and vice president of one of them. Yeah, but that there's that amount of people, you know, that close to where you can support three separate clubs. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, like how how far of a drive is it for you to get to the like um, to your main so one? So I can get to I can get to two I can get to um the uh two of them within, I don't know, seven or eight miles. Uh the 
the, my my primary club uh, is what's that like six miles from here. The other one is probably fifteen miles away. And in reality, I don't get um, you know I, I probably spend eighty percent of uh, my time at the uh, at my primary club. And in reality, you know um, you know these are smaller clubs on there. Uh, you know flying fields being as difficult as they are to come. You know for the sixty or the eighty dollars kind of a thing it's like okay let's uh you know make a little contribution keep them in business make sure that uh you know we don't lose a flying field as right. a result of uh you know a few dollars on there yeah. but you know they um all the clubs typically have nice fly-ins uh they do um you know do a nice job with uh you know a couple of nice cookouts a year so you know for for 80 bucks a year kind of a thing you have a couple of fun flies it's you know for me I'm, i have the good fortune to you know be able to afford that and it's certainly worthwhile to me yeah. Well, yeah, that's nice having that many. So we have one really around here that's yeah. even an option, and that's a twenty-minute drive for us. Yeah, fifteen-ish for me, twenty for for Tom. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a nice facility. I mean, we have it is. we have the advantage of having that huge runway, and it's it's an active it's an active airport uh, with a grass strip. Well, mm-hmm. uh, active private airport. Well, right. I mean, yep. so right. yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it's the, on the maps and all that sort of stuff, and anybody, yeah, you, know, you don't have to have permission and stuff to land there. But I've not seen anybody except the guy that owns the, guy, the, well, the place with a couple of his. There's a few friends, of the but, few of the friends that have hangar yeah. space there. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, not to take anything away from our club, but it is kind of inconvenient occasionally. Like if we want to just get a quick flight in, especially with some of our larger airplanes, you know, it's a half hour minimum by the time you load the car and get yeah. there, and then unload the car and you're ready to fly. So it'd be nice to have mm-hmm. something really super close like that. Do you guys fly off of grass, or do you guys have have a at your primary club? Do you guys have like so those? Uh, so all grass at all of them? So uh, okay. so kind of the funny thing with uh, with my primary club, Rhode Island Air Modelers. Um, so we have uh, they're not the longest runways. I don't know the long runway is probably four hundred feet, but they're actually uh, elevated runways, and uh, we're able to find the uh, the story on it. So we're on state land, so we have a uh, you know we lease uh, you know we lease the land from the state for. Um, you know, minimal fee. We take care of the uh, improvements to the uh, the property, the cutting of the grass and everything. Right. But um, supposedly the story on it is, is the Navy Seabees uh, many, many years ago had come in and they basically built a quarter scale airport or I don't know, whatever scale, you know, 400 feet would be kind of a thing. Maybe it's a 10 scale. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so we have two runways, um, you know, on a, on a T and um it was built up and um you know uh it's probably i don't know it's probably a two or three foot elevation from uh where you stand for the flight box up to the uh, runway so you know that that creates some challenges until you get used to it just that line of sight thing the fact that you're you know probably about a two foot elevation something like that but uh, it's kind of interesting it was built by the cb cbs back maybe in the 50s something like that it's it's been there as long as long as anybody can remember so yeah. so when you say built up it's it's mounded with with dirt i'm, I'm imagining Correct, sir. okay yeah because i was imagining just you know, like a, a wall at yeah, the end yeah that's then, what i was thinking yeah. first too i'll be darned huh you don't want to miss that like you don't want to land short <laughs> well, no 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 yeah. that's a bad thing yeah <laughs> and I mean, landing long is a bad thing <laughs> yeah i guess so for as much as we say our field could be better that is one nice thing in the fact that so Cut really short for the RC guys is about a 600-foot runway yeah. um, mm-hmm. right in front of where we fly. But then the whole runway, like yeah, all from end to end, is well it's over 5,000. Like, it's almost it, 5,000 feet. Okay, so that's oh, that's a so lot of— beautiful approaches yes, then, too. Yes, so. yeah, yeah. yeah, no tree. But the problem is that, that our runway runs 
almost due east-west, which yeah. hardly ever do we have winds directly out of the east or west. Usually we have, you know, southwest to northeast winds. So if they could have angled that <laughs> runway about another, you know, 30 degrees or so, that would have been awesome. But yeah. still, but we still, have yeah, the, we nice have the length for you know, dead stick landings or yeah. missed approaches when Which we when use necessary. frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your hiking boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the disadvantage to having a long runway. It's a, if you have to use it, it's a long, it's a long walk to go but down there and get your plane. at least most of the time you can pick your plane up in one piece and it's not, yeah. you know, in worth, multiple pieces with not make, walking as far. Yeah, it makes it worth, worth the walk. Yeah. Speaking of picking up airplanes at the end of the runway for, you know, reasons that uh, may be good or bad. Uh, we always like to hear about crash stories, no matter how <laughs> painful they may be. Um, have you got any that like stick with you, Jeff? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, so uh, the first one was, uh, this was back in the mid nineties. Uh, so I had, uh, I had joined the club. Uh, they, uh, they did some training. I, uh, you know, I picked it up fairly quickly mm -hmm. and i just got my wings and then we had you know you know you get the uh the go fly itis kind of a thing so we'd had some <laughs> several weekends really lousy weather yeah. so all of a sudden sunday night comes we got a you know just a dead calm evening so it's like i'm gonna go and uh see if i can sneak a couple of flights in so you know that was kind of strike one because i really shouldn't <laughs> have been flying nitro right. by i mean i really nobody should be flying nitro by themselves uh That's all alone if something happens you know just things can happen. So, uh, so, uh, back then, uh, the club had two fields, uh, that we had access to. We had the main field, which was on a, uh, turf farm. So, you know, unlimited runway kind of a thing. There was no issues. And then they also had, uh, the secondary field. So it's like, well, I'll run over the secondary field. You know, nobody will bother me. I'll be by myself. So I'd never been there before. So that was probably strike two with that lack mm -hmm. of experience. Yeah. So off I, uh, so off I went, I put the little, um, I had, my first plane was a SIG LT 40, little OS 40 up front on it. So yep. I fired that up, got it going, you know, I made a couple of circuits around the, uh, around the field. And then it was like, hmm, I'm probably going to have to land this thing. So, you know, then it was time to, uh, to kind of survey the field. Hmm, I wonder, you know, what the approaches look like here. And I was just so, you know, just so new and not, you know, such a novice that I, I didn't think about the approaches kind of a thing. Yeah. So you just wanted to uh, fly. I mean, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, you know, so kind of strike three, uh, on that one is that, you know, I really should have, uh, you know, looked around and figured <laughs> out, you know, had a plan before I took off. Before you took off. Yeah. Uh, so I've only had two of these, but, uh, it's kind of amazing how quickly a tree will just reach up and just <laughs> grab an airplane out of the <laughs> yes. sky I'm it sure is. you guys have experienced that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A few yep. times. <laughs> yep. So I, uh, so at this point now I'm all by myself, uh, on a Sunday night, uh, it's probably, you know, I don't know, had to be seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. So it's starting to, uh, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, on the East coast, we start losing that daylight in a hurry. Uh, so back then I had this little, uh, geo traffic convertible. So I was able to drive <laughs> it into the woods and it wasn't really deep into the woods, but it was, you know, I don't know, probably up 15, 20 feet in the tree. So, um, so I drive the, uh, the geo tracker out there. I climb up on top of the frame of the car and I'm a pretty big guy and I got a stick and I'm poking the heck out of this thing to, uh, to get the, uh, the plane out of there and, you know, really kind of hoping not to get busted by, you know, some other member coming in. Yeah. Uh, so not I got because the, you're uh, in trouble just because it'd be embarrassing. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I get the thing, uh, you know, out of the tree pretty much in one piece. And, uh, you know, I broke everything down, put it back in again. I slinked out of there. Uh, and then as I was driving out, I noticed that I cracked my windshield from standing oh, on top of it. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> to add insult to injury, insult right? Insult to injury, yeah. Exactly. Oh, um, man. I don't think my wife had even remembered that. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, and then my most memorable crash. So this one here, uh, this one is easy to validate. Uh, lots and lots of witnesses on there. So it's pretty funny. Um, you know, I don't know. I've told the story before to even non-flyers and they kind of peed their pants a little bit. But uh, okay. so we talked uh, earlier when we were talking about the list and that, you know, that big old 12 foot telemaster. So, you know, I had about 300 hours of, um, you know, labor hours into that thing and a lot of money. Oh, so yeah. uh, it came out beautiful. So it was finally uh, on a nice August morning uh, on uh, maiden flight day. I invited, uh, you know, a few friends and, uh, you know, my mom and dad and my wife were there. And, you know, I wanted to get it done as early as possible. I didn't want to have, you know, 40 people watching this uh, this maiden <laughs> flight. So it took off. It flew beautiful. You know, that thing is 38 pounds. So, you know, my legs were shaking, uh, you know, so I did the uh, the typical maiden stuff. I really didn't have to trim it much. And uh, I'm not bragging, but I absolutely greased that first landing. I mean, it nice. was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, because it's, you know, just a big old trainer at this point. Sure. So, uh, you know, once I uh, calmed down, I charged up the whatever it was, you know, four or 500 bucks worth of batteries to fly it a second time. Everything was uh, everything was pretty good. And, um, you know, no problem on the second flight. And then, I don't know, you know, we had lunch or whatever, and, uh, you know, there was, uh, now there was the full, the full grouping of the club was there, and everybody was like, hmm, I'd really like to see that fly. So, you know, I was, uh, I was willing to show off a little bit, but the <laughs> wind had picked up. So at that field, um, we have, um, we just have the single runway, probably a similar condition that you guys have. And, you know, there's always uh, a bit of a crosswind. And I always consider myself to be, you know, a uh, you know, I'm, I live by that adage. If you can't fly in the wind, uh, you know, you, you know, you're going to struggle. So it was like, yep, yeah, no problem. I'll take this thing off. So I flew the plane for the third time, um, you know, put it through its paces a little bit. Everybody's hemming and horroring and, you know, oohing and ahhing. Yeah. And um, it's a big presence, this airplane. Mm -hmm. It is. Oh, I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, it's you know, a spectacle it's, uh, to watch. You know, yeah. Balsa overcast or whatever you might want to call it kind of a thing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm sure you guys remember the, uh, the old ads, uh, you know, used to run in the AMA magazine, you know, nothing flies like a telemaster. And I've always said nothing floats like a telemaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and I admittedly, I mean, even to this day, you know, with, you know, you're flying an airplane that costs that much and it's that big. And I always worry about the safety of it when, you know, you got something that big. So I had a bit of the yip still flying, uh, this big thing. So I showed up a little bit. And uh, it was okay. It's time to uh, to come up and uh, and land this thing. So I line up on final, and we've got a decent approach. And you know the power's off. This thing is just floating and floating. And I don't know. I just it's the first time it's probably ever happened. But I just kind of got into um, like you know paralysis mode, and it's floating and it's drifting towards me. It's drifting. It's drifting. <laughs> oh, no. And by the time I realized what was going on, the thing was lined up. Um, you know, on a collision course with the club porta potty. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so uh, so for the so for the whole world to hear i actually did hit the point i hit the, my truck uh the uh the fender on my truck or the bumper on my truck and the porta potty 
Um, and then uh, even funnier still is that um, literally my old high school teacher was in the porta potty when it happened. You know, he came out wondering what the hell went on. So uh, I was just going to so, ask, uh, was anybody in there? <laughs> I thought my story so, of flying into a guy's butt was good, but this, this is, is better. This is way better. Yeah. <laughs> So I got to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Walter Phillips. Uh, I don't know whether he, you know, he, he taught at, uh, at Warwick Veterans Memorial High School for many, many years. I had him in the, uh, in the late seventies and the early eighties. Uh, he came out no worse for wear. So God bless Thank him. Goodness, so, yeah. um, so, uh, the little moral to that story is that, you know, there were at least 20 guys at the field that watched this happen. And not one of these bastards said, go around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks guys. <laughs> well, they were also mesmerized as, you know, at your amazing flying skills. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Majestic airplane going around. And- well, like I said, this, this is a huge airplane. It I mean, is. There's, there, you know, there's, and uh, yeah, in the air, I bet, I bet whenever that thing is, especially when there's no power applied, so it's quiet, mm-hmm. probably all you could hear was maybe a little bit of prop noise, you know, the windmill. Exactly. I bet it was a beautiful sight, honestly. Oh, I'm sure it was. That's, <laughs> wow. It probably wouldn't have occurred to me to say go around either. Uh, you know, cause it's one of those that, you know, you, you figure, well, he knows what he's doing. That's all I could assume. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my dear friends offered to uh, design uh, porta potty kill stickers after the incident. Uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah, I, I would have gladly put it on the airplane if he had uh, if he had come true. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't laugh at yourself once in a while, life's going to be very hard for I, you. I so I agree. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We've all uh, you know we've all had our mistakes. So did it destroy the airplane? I got to ask. Did, did, did it? No, no. Good, luckily, good uh, it uh, it broke up the uh, broke up the leading edge a little bit in uh, in two spot. Actually, on each wing. Now that I think of it, it was on each wing because it hit the uh, it hit the bumper of my truck. <laughs> And then kind of peer it around, and um, and then the because uh, I was right next to the porta potty, Careen and then the uh, leading edge on the other side uh, got dunked. But luckily, it was it could have been way worse, way <laughs> yeah. worse. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's up there. That is. That's I mean, impressive. that's one of the better. In it's my opinion, it's one stories, of the better yeah. crash stories. I, I mean, you know, you've heard all the crash stories about rekitting an airplane or whatever, but if you can end a crash story by saying, "Yeah, I crashed into the porta potty." That's that's up there <laughs> with somebody in it. With, with somebody, somebody yeah. with somebody you know. That was your teacher. That was your teacher. Yeah, that's even, yep. even that, better. I mean, I'm not sure you could write a better one. So you, you talk about the you know the different people that are always around when you're flying and stuff. Do you have a normal group of guys that you like to fly with, or is it just whoever's at the field? No, so there's a there's a core group, and um, you know that really puts a smile on my face because you know I'm 58 year old guy, um, you know to. Um, you know, it's it, you know, it's difficult to make good friends as you get older, and I'm blessed to uh, to have, uh, you know, there's certainly a core group of uh, you know six or eight of us kind of a thing that um, you know that we socialize very regularly. You know, we know our spouses, you know, the grandkids, their kids, kind of a thing. So, um, you know, just very very fortunate to uh, to have that group. And overall, at at all three of the clubs, there's a, a really a, a good group. Um, you know, good group. I really can't say anything bad about anybody at any of those groups on there. So, you know, um, I don't know, you know, pretty welcoming group of people, but yeah. I'm blessed to, uh, to have a handful of, uh, of really dear friends. So, yeah. That's and awesome. then generally speaking, that's something I've noticed about this hobby. I'm a member of several different hobbies. Um, but the, but the RC community seems to be in, in my opinion, the most welcoming, no matter where you go. 
You know what I mean? Like you go to a swap meet, you know, we went to Toledo, everybody there was friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to various other fly-ins here within the state and they've always been very accommodating and very friendly. And it's probably because, let's be honest, these are toys. <laughs> yeah. This isn't something that you can really, I guess you can, but you shouldn't take too seriously. It's yeah. just something to have fun with. That's true. So it's not like, you know, riding a bicycle with a bunch of people that are trying to get fit, <clears throat> you know, I, stay I, in shape. I, I hear this you. is all about just having fun. So Well, and that group and that that group is kind of the the reverse or the opposite of the unless you're part of, you know, the the in group or clique or whatever you want to call it, um, maybe not as uh welcoming to that particular so uh, hobby, so, the, so. So like a bicycle gang that's just not cool no, people? I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that that has something to do with it, though. It's just you don't do this for anything but fun. Right. You don't do this for anything but what you get out of it. There's no end goal of, well, this is going to make me, you know, lose weight or do anything like that. This right. is solely their cool, fun toys that we all like. So, yeah. you know, I want to look at yours. You look at mine and we'll we'll see who's wingspan is bigger i don't know nice <laughs> crack yourself up sometimes sometimes you? i do sorry about that uh, so jeff you mentioned uh joe Nall. um so you have no aversion to traveling for um rc events and things like that um do you put the same sort of uh um or would you would you travel for you know swap meets let's say do you do enjoy it? You know, you know it's, it's funny. I heard you guys over the last week or so talking about <laughs> Toledo. I had actually thrown that out to um, uh, to the guys uh, that I hang with because I think, I don't know, I had done the math and I think Toledo was 10 or 11 hours for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I travel quite a bit for work, so I've always got a ton of uh, Hilton points and things like that. And uh, and I was up for, uh, for Toledo and... Um, uh, I couldn't get anybody to bite on that one. So, okay. you know, I would, um, you know, that, that Perry show, I drool over that every year down yeah. in Georgia when they, uh, when they have that. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, as a practical joke, uh, a few years back, we had had a small local swap meet and, um, you know, one of our good friends uh, couldn't make it and, you know, was texting, geez, what, you know, what do they got? What do they got kind of a thing? <laughs> so we went online and we, uh, we found some pictures from the, uh, the Perry, the Perry show, <laughs> You know, awesome. uh, you know, we had it in a little VFW hall kind of a thing. And uh, we sent my friend Joe pictures from the uh, the Perry <laughs> show, you know, showing, you know, it's 10,000 airplanes for sale. Yeah. <laughs> Just to tease That's him. Awesome. <laughs> you know, he caught on pretty quickly. <laughs> but I uh, I certainly would, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe next year if you guys are there, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll strong on a couple of guys. Uh, I think the biggest uh, complaint that the guys had is that, you know, unless – uh, you know, nobody's got a vehicle bring, big enough to bring back a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. you go out, to, you know, to a show like that, and it's like, okay, you know, if you put two guys in the car, how big a stuff can you, how much stuff can you bring back? Yeah. Oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like we, we <laughs> yeah, fit I have a lot a, in there. Yeah, I have a fairly small SUV. We 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 put now. Granted, they weren't large airplanes. True, um, but but we did fit a lot of stuff in the back of that car. So if you're strategic about, you know playing Tetris and getting it all in the back, mm-hmm. it can, it can be done, but no, I totally, and the way, you know, the way gas prices are right now, nobody can afford to drive yeah. a suburban, you know, 10 hours across the country to just yeah. to go buy a toy airplane, but uh, I'd do it. Yeah. I would do it tomorrow. I if- would do it again if we could. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would love to go back to Toledo. Yeah. I would like to do Perry. There's a lot of things that yeah. I just, well, we for need me, to make the plans and make it happen. Jeff, I don't know about you, but like, you know, you've been in, in the hobby for quite a while too. For me, 
you know, going to these swap meets and seeing, you know, an old top flight kit that I had, you know, when I first started, it just kind of brings back the nostalgia and it just makes me feel good. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you could get the same thing, you know, looking through eBay listings or whatever, but going in there and, and being able to, you know, lay your hands on it and get that, you know, get that old feeling back to me. And maybe buy it. it. And maybe buy it, right. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's that that's a big part of, the, of going to those swap meets. Yeah, the closest thing that we had out here in the Northeast, uh, I think the AMA took it over for a few years, uh, was the, um, trying to think, it was in New Jersey, uh, I'm trying to remember the club, I don't know, Westchester or something like that, and there used to be a, uh, a you know, a big uh, a big meetup there. The AMA took it over for a couple of years, and I guess, you know, uh, you know the uh, attendance wasn't there, it was probably a very expensive venue, it was in like a convention center. Uh, so they haven't had that the last few years, but that was typically in February. That that show went back to the, I don't know, as long as you know, seventies, eighties kind of a thing, probably thirty or forty years. So any any time I, I see even local small swap meets, I think it's worth trying to go to them. I you totally never, agree. You never know yeah. what you're going to find. Yeah, well, there's no way to predict. Yeah, what what you'll see. You may you may go there and be completely disappointed, but you know if you have low expectations, then you know you don't get disappointed that's well, and how all it I takes usually try all it to, takes is one airplane to make the exactly whole trip right. worthwhile yep. or true. one part or one piece or one yeah. thing you don't have one that deal. you want yeah yeah um, and you said it well tom you know if, especially if you're you know kind of interested in in the unique you know if you're you know if you're a guy that's got to have the you know the latest extreme flight extra or whatever kind of a thing you probably you know you might not find that there but yeah. right. you know some old goofy, uh, you know, seventies, like you say, Quaker kid or something like that. Right. Yeah. That, that'll exactly. ring the bell. So, yeah. Yeah. And we came back with a lot of that stuff, that yeah. kind of stuff. For me, <laughs> I think Toledo. the, the lazy bee was probably my favorite. Just, I've liked it for a long time. I've wanted one and here is one. Let's buy it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, you for don't know a reasonable price find. too. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I like I like going to swap meets and we're still looking around because I don't have everything put away. It's still all scattered. <laughs> it's throughout it's the still basement, all scattered but... <laughs> here in uh, Ron's uh, basement. But one of these days, one of these days, well, all my uh, stuff's put away. I'm just saying. You didn't buy much. By the way, so... that lazy bee will do like an uh, you know go to full rates on it. Uh, you know, bury the elevator and the rudder. It'll do this. Not quite a spin. I don't know what it is, but just this insane looking spiral. Uh, you know, you'll scare the crap out of people. Um, you know, that'll uh, you know watching it come down, kind of a thing. Make sure you're plenty high because it'll lead up a lot of altitude in a hurry. I was gonna say it'll probably scare the crap out of me too. So yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Ron do that. Oh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Practice on the simulator first, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think I know the answer to this one, uh, Jeff. Do you prefer to build or to fly? Um, um, you know, I kind of break it up into thirds. So, um, you know, a third fly in a third building, and then I don't know, a third, let's, uh, we'll use a nicer word, but socializing with friends at the field kind of a thing. <laughs> no, so, I get that. Yeah. Yep, that actually sure. makes yep, a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, yep. it's fun but, to razz your buddies that are out there when they're flying and yeah. just give them heck. Right. Right. I agree. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And you know, the building part of it for me, I've I've got a you know a little uh, a little shed uh, in the backyard. My friends call it the uh, the prison cell. You know, it's <laughs> it's fairly small, and I've got a lot of equipment in there. But uh, you know, it, it services me well. But yeah. uh, you know, we're empty nesters, kind of a thing. So if you got a hobby that puts you a hundred feet from the house, you know, on a on a cold winter day, you can't get in too much mischief. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm right with you on that one. This yeah. is this is such a great hobby to be in 
just for, I mean, family for everything. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I can't say enough about it. I enjoy it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, as, as you know, most folks probably would, uh, agree. I, and I don't make any bones about it. I, I prefer the building and the tinkering and stuff, but I can, I can readily, you know, when somebody asks, do you prefer to build or fly? I, I can go right to, well, well, I build, I prefer to build when you're not sure, like if you would rather build or fly, I think that's a great, uh, a great mix because then you really enjoy the hobby in its whole. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? As a whole, as a whole, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, in its entirety, I guess is what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like just because I prefer to build, maybe I'm missing out on the on the part of flying. You know what I mean? So I don't know. No, I, I get what you're saying, but everybody well, I shouldn't say that, everybody. You you can have a preference and still enjoy flying if you prefer to build, but you just get more out of the physical act of building than you do flying. Doesn't mean you don't like flying, doesn't mean you don't want to fly. It just means that seeing something put together that you put together while you're working on it is more fulfilling than flying it. But no, we had kind of a cold, uh, you know, we had kind of a cold winter here and, you know, it's crazy. You know, I'd get up on a Saturday morning at, you know, you know, be out in the shed at 630. Uh, I've got a little wood stove out there, you know, depending on how cold it is, there's not a lot of insulation, you know, it might take an hour or two to get it uh, warmed up so you could work. But, you know, I have no problem being out there at 630, get a fire started and then, you know, out there for the day at 830 in the morning and just, you know, just having a ball out there. So <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, do you have a favorite airplane? Yeah, so probably the, uh, you know, probably my favorite, you know, has to be that eight-foot uh, Telemaster. Uh, I've had that thing for uh, for years. Uh, so when I uh, when I built it, I had, uh, I built it with transparent covering. Which uh, I love. Uh, yeah. This airplane actually, um, I think Ron hates transparent covering, as yes, I recall. Yes, he does. Well, I'm, <laughs> you, with your lighted Telemaster... Mm-hmm. Have have given me a reason to like transparent <laughs> because of that. So in general, with no lights, with nothing, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of transparency. Oh, love it, but I'm I'm coming around because of that. So I like I said, I want to get back to this lighted thing and stuff after we talk about this. But you are the one that is starting to change my mind because of that airplane. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So when I uh, so when I was doing that, I don't know why it had popped into my head. Uh, it was like, geez, you know, this would make a interesting uh, night flyer. So you know, while it was in its bones, uh, I um, uh, I really never I struggled like crazy with soldering. And you know, just one plug is that uh, you know buy a good soldering, uh, you know, a little solder station kind yeah. of a thing. You know, and then you know teach yourself that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to do it with something from you know Walmart or Radio Shack. You're gonna struggle like crazy, but. Yep. Uh, so what I did on this guy is that, you know, I wired, uh, you know, on every, uh, on every rib on the airplane throughout the fuselage, uh, every rib and the tail feathers, there's a strip of led lights on there. So it really, it really glows pretty well. And, yeah. you know, that telemaster it's, uh, you know, guys, you know, guys, you know, harass me a little bit, geez, you know, you fly in the trainer again and I don't know, it's just one of those, it's not a difficult plane to fly, but sure. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's floaty, it's sloppy. Um, you know, I'll say it's, uh, you know, not the easiest plane to fly well, but, um, you know, so with the yeah. flying on there, that was the first time I had ever done it. So, you know, sometimes we have our, our club meetings, uh, we'll move those to the, uh, to the field in the summertime. Yeah. And that was my, my very first, uh, night flight experience with that. 
And, you know, there's some pucker factor to that thing. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter how many lights you got on them. They all seem to, everything I've flown at night to date, all seems to have some angles where boom, it's gone okay. for yeah. a second. And, you know, it's, you know, with some experience, it's like, okay, I know it was going away from me. Give me a little left turn. It'll come back. Oh, there it is again, kind of a thing. But, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, you know, the night flying is definitely, uh, a challenge you know these guys that fly 3d at night and things like that it's you know <laughs> nothing but uh you know nothing but kudos to those guys yeah like the fact that they can fly 3d anyway kudos to them because i you know, <laughs> at my age I, i'm not even going to try but uh yeah doing it at night i can't imagine nope absolutely not and uh this guy here you know being such a favorite i actually have skis and uh and floats for uh, this plane so you know i was it, you know, without exaggerating that, you know, I could very well have a thousand flights on that airplane. Sure. Um, you know, it's just one of those that, you know, I, you know, you get a, a, you know, a dead calm Sunday morning kind of a thing, you know, uh, you know, guys will be yelling at me, you done yet kind of a thing. Cause <laughs> you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll shoot 20 touch and goes with that, uh, in a row and, you know, it's just, it's just an honest flying airplane. So yeah. That's enough on the telemaster. <laughs> oh, no, it's, no not. it's not. I'm not done no, yet. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like, I really think that the that the flying at night is something that I think it adds a whole new dimension of something else of we have interest and something that we haven't done yeah. until just recently until you got the the shiny. Well, that was dusk. That wasn't even night. Like right, but I mean, I'm not comfortable enough at night. That's the latest I've ever been out and tried to fly an airplane. Yeah, I agree. Same like with I, me. Uh, and I can't wait so to do our it field, in the dark. Um, our field butts the, uh, you know, the main north-south highway, uh, Route 95, uh, you know, so we're, I don't know, a third of a mile off of that highway, and I always have to think how cool it must look or, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we half expect a 911 call yeah, kind of a thing right. for UFO or something like that on yep. those nights from mm -hmm. the highways. Well, now I've seen I've seen some of the, some of the YouTube videos, and then uh, when I was flying with the club down in uh, – Texas a while back, some of the guys had the flying wings that just had the strip lights, you know, basically mm -hmm. where a spar would be. Yeah. And, yep. you know, that would change colors and all that. And they would do all these crazy, you know, things that flying wings can do, electric. And I always thought the same thing. It was like, man, if I was, if I didn't know what that was, and I was, you know, somebody living over here in this cul-de-sac and I saw this thing buzzing around, I mean, and they were quite maneuverable. Mm -hmm. I would have thought that, wow, man, I, I should probably call somebody. This thing, the, you know, <laughs> the aliens are coming to get me or something. Exactly. Maybe. Well, I'm saying if you're not accustomed to seeing something like that, I mean, it nope. is it, by definition an unidentified flying object. To you, you are correct. So, you know, I think it'd be cool. I can't wait to get more into that. Yeah, me too. What were you saying, Jeff? I'm sorry we cut you off. Oh, I was going to say on the, uh, so I've got that little uh, assassin combat wing and uh, we buried lights in that thing. And that, that plane flies well, um, you know, at speed, but it stalls, it falls out of the sky when it stalls. So at night, um, you know, we really struggle keeping orientation with that. You know, luckily they can, you know, they can fall out of the sky without, um, you know, you know, worst damage on them is the, the O-ring that holds uh, the prop saver on there. But uh, those are extremely challenging at night. So anybody that's really flying that well, God bless them. Yeah. So back to the Telemaster, not to keep yes, going sir. back to what, first off, what motor do you have on that? What are you running on it? That is, um, you're talking like about a, the eight, uh, the eight one with the lights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably, I think a Rimfire 55, you know, it's funny when I built it, you know, the guy says, Oh geez, that'll never fly. 
um, you know, with that motor. So that's a Rimfire 55. And I think I use a, a six S 5,000 pack in it and, okay. you know, I'll get, you know, eight, nine, 10 minutes out of it kind oh, of that's thing. That's not bad. So, no, I wasn't sure if yeah. it was electric or if you had a, a nitro or yeah, gas. That's electric. That, so. And then with your lights, they're all white lights or do you have colored ones in there based on? Uh, no, they're all, all white lights, but with okay. the, uh, with the red and blue transparent covering, you know, you get your, uh, orientation change that way. So that's oh, okay. awesome. And yeah, I, I just use a little simple, um, I got it on a switch in there, you know, there's a, you know, you've got a, a, a big battery area. So, um, I think those are all 12 volt lights. So, you know, you put a little, you know, three S 1300 pack in there to run those lights all day kind of thing. Oh, so I was really? going to ask okay. you too, if yeah. you had a separate battery for that, cause yep. you're probably safer doing it that way. I probably, think. Probably. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I would not want to think about the lights going out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's getting yeah. dim. Oh, it's uh, gone. We're... <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. Why well, I hear it? It's over there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. fly by ear doesn't work very well. <laughs> so no, that that that's pretty cool. Like I said, I I think that's something we want to get into. Um, yeah, just as something new in the hobby. So, yeah. and then you said you also have the the Clipso as one you use for night flying. Yep, yep. So that one, I just um, you know, like I said, I've had that plane for years. It's uh, it's pretty war weary at this point, and you know, you can buy them on Amazon. You can get a strip of you know. 20 feet of lights for a $10 kind of a thing. And then, you know, you got the little, you cut them in half at the, uh, at the copper tabs and just, mm -hmm. you know, wire it up accordingly. So I laid, you know, lights top and bottom on the wing on that and along the fuselage and, you know, it just, you know, with the, with that foam on there, it almost, uh, you know, it illuminates the, uh, uh, it can illuminate the wing a little bit. So it actually works pretty well. Yeah. I have the yeah. perfect airplane at home for that, I think. Do you? What do you got? Yeah. Well, it's a kit, but oh, well, that's all right. it's a laser. Start building. It's a laser works uh, <clears throat> 40 size. It's a long john, but it's basically a stick. Mm. And I was going to go with transparent covering on that anyway. Anyway, so, so there you go. Man, See, I was perfect. I was thinking about getting a night radian. Like, I think oh, that yeah. would be something that would be cool. kind of cool to get, too. They're not too expensive, so Are they? I don't think so. A couple hundred bucks, maybe a little no, more no, than that. That one has the, the color changing lights, right? Mm -hmm. It does the whole design the and LEDs. show and yeah. all that, yeah. Hmm. Which that would be cool to do your own also. On yeah. That. But yeah, like I said, I I I'm in love with your telemasters. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a a plane that you know now because of what we did with a trash can telemaster does hold a a, a little special place in my heart. Wait a minute, that, are are you saying that you ha are feeling sentimental about the trash can telemaster? Well, yeah. Well, that's the first time I've, I've ever heard you say that you were sentimental about any airplane. See, I disagree with that. I'm very sentimental about the Yak. Oh, well, that's true. So there you go. That's true. But yeah. flyable airplanes, I mean. Well, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to take that dig, don't you? <laughs> well, you know. So, Jeff, I have, you know, I, I'm a huge uh, proponent of the stick airframe. So that's my, like, you know, whenever I go flying and I know I don't have a lot of time to prepare, I know the stick is always ready to go. So that's my go-to. Do you, like, I'm thinking it's the Telemaster, but do you have, like, a, a go-to airplane that, hey, I've only got 20 minutes to get ready to go fly. I'm going to grab this airplane and go fly. Yeah, I've been flying. Uh, so let's see. It was last year, I guess I built a, a little SIG 4-star 40, um, I don't know, 50-size 4-stroke up front. Yeah. And, you know, I love the big airplanes, but, you know, there's something to be said for that 40, 60-size airplane that you I can, agree. you know, it's two screws. You know, one aileron connection, uh, hmm. you're off to the races, you know, yeah, just charge up the receiver pack. So, um, you know, and I, I, you know, like you, I love those, uh, you know, I love those classic airplanes. So that's been kind of my go-to. Uh, I flew that on skis this year as well. Oh, cool. 
that's uh, that's worked out pretty well. That one, uh, I cheated a little bit. I know that you were talking about it, I don't know, over the uh, past couple of shows. Uh, that one, I actually, uh, I had a little trouble on the low side on that one. We just couldn't seem to uh, to tune that to get it to uh, idle that well. And I put one of those Sullivan, uh, you know, remote glow drivers on it that you program with the radio. Oh, boy. And th- that's as reliable now as an electric motor kind of a thing. That oh, I'm sure. Absolutely- yeah, I'm sure in, in operation, it, it works fantastic. Just be careful of the, of the, uh, the, pins the three exposed. pins exposed on the backside of the control panel. I heard that story. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Expensive, very fast yeah. mistake. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that uh that is a great flying airplane. I've had uh I think I've probably had two or three four-star 40s over the years. Uh excellent flying airplane. It's actually a great second airplane. Like if somebody's I agree. I if somebody's agree. It lands you know, nicely, it slows yeah, up well. It does. Yeah, it has no real bad habits. Yeah. Um it stalls straight ahead and it 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 you know, it doesn't do any weird tip stalling or anything like that unless you, you know, build washout into the wing accidentally. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that would be a great to go to. Almost as good as a stick. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah, my granddaughter uh, selected the colors on that one as well. So we have uh, neon pink, neon green, neon orange, and black. I, it's the, it, it's, you know, it's kind of goofy looking, but it is absolutely the best colors i mean sure. fly it on a gray day fly it on a blue day um it doesn't yeah. matter you can see it no matter what so it's actually kind of fun that way yeah yeah anything that helps with orientation yeah who cares what it looks like on the ground true you know i'd rather I mean? i'd rather see it yeah than lose it and you know sometimes you never you never truly know if a if a color uh, palette is going to work together until you actually see them together. And you're mm-hmm. like, you know, I never would have imagined that pink went well with green, but man, this looks really good. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you never know until you actually mm-hmm. put it into existence. Well, like your stick with the the yellow covering with yeah. the transparent orange underneath sounds hideous, but it actually <laughs> looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. But I like transparent covering too. So, well, I'm, and I had a lot of that I'm orange. Making that my, I needed I'm making use. my way. <laughs> <laughs> So Jeff, what are you working on like right now? I know you said you, you hardy group of uh, flyers. You fly pretty much all the time, but well, do you have a building season? And if so, what do you what are you working on right now? Uh, so as I had shared earlier, I've been working uh, quite a bit on that um, on that quarter scale um, Aranka Champ. So that is um, you know my frame is complete at this point. Uh, I just borrowed a. Uh, a a wire bending setup from uh, from one of our uh, one of my friends club members. So I've yet to uh, you know it's kind of the best part of the hobby is that you know you uh, you know as you uh, do different builds you end up learning another technique on there. So uh, I have to fabricate the landing gear on this guy. So it's out of you know three sixteenths piano wire. I haven't mm-hmm. bent anything like that. So that's kind of the uh, the next project that I've got going there. As I spent the last couple of weekends uh, just cleaning up and getting ready for the uh, for flying season, so I'm in pretty good shape there. And now I'll probably get back into uh, the champ. So you know, with the nice weather like this, you know, a lot of times I'll, you know I don't have to light a wood stove or uh, get things warm. So um, you know, I typically build quite a bit during the summer as well. Go out after dinner and uh, you know get an hour or two in the shop out there. So I'm kind of hoping to get that guy done this year. And then uh, next up behind that will be that sig. Liberty Sport that I talked about earlier. Yeah, How, what do you? Uh, what sort of covering you're going to go with on the Aranka? Uh, on this one here, um, I've got a. Um, I uh, I went kind of crazy and I bought a ton of uh, the Solatex covering. Uh, there was uh, 
uh, I actually double purchased it, but uh, I, I do enjoy that on the larger airplanes on there. It's, uh, you know, it takes latex paint very well. Uh, so uh, that's what I'll use on that. But I've got, oh, I don't know, I've got a nice stockpile of that. So, uh, but, you know, it, it is a bit heavier than uh, than Ultra Coat or Monocoat. So, you know, you want to use it on, uh, you know, something with a little bigger, a little bigger airframe. Yeah. Well, but, but like on, an, on a Champ, it's really not supposed to look like a plastic film. True. It, it, that's my feeling exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. So I think that's a I think so, that's a great choice. I I think that'll be so a great kind of uh, kind of eyeballing some uh, some warbird colors for that with the invasion stripe. So we'll oh, see yeah. uh, we'll see what happens with that. But that's oh, kind of where nice. I'm leaning at the moment. So you yeah. know the nice thing with building is that you know you get so darn much time to think about it that <laughs> you know you get plenty of time to sit with the iPad and look and see what somebody else has done or what the full scale <laughs> versions look like. So yeah. lots of time. It's not like a you know, an R for you put the thing together in three nights and, you know, you're up to the races. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, very true. And then with an RF, you don't have a choice on what it looks like. So exactly. that's the nice thing about a kit. You make it your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and I think that's why most guys who choose to build kits, that's usually the reason they give you. It's because I want to make it my own. Yeah. So, yeah. So any big plans coming up? Yeah, so as uh, as of tonight, like three weeks from, uh, you know, as we're recording this, uh, I'll be making the uh, my second trip trip to the Joe Nall event down at the Triple Tree Aerodrome. That's down in Woodruff, South Carolina. So, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it offline, but you know, if you haven't been, just make plans to go. Yeah. Um, you know, as an aside, you know, my wife will probably listen to this afterwards, and I'm going to tell her to fast forward a minute or two. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had the good fortune of visiting a lot of great places throughout the world on uh, on vacations. Uh, that's kind of our um, that's our other hobby is traveling a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I got to tell you, the Joan all week is the best vacation I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> you know, it just you, you know you're just there with you. Yeah. You know, you're there with your buddies. Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, you know you do what you want kind of a thing. So you know, I've only been the once uh, back in 2019. You know, we were outside literally 15, 18 hours a day. You know, our uh, our campsite was right near the 3D line. So, you know, they allow the, the big engines to start up at 7 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, oh, you're man. woken up at 7 with a, uh, you know, a 200cc, you know, screamer uh, off to, you know, running. Yeah. Uh, you know, awesome we night fly down there. <laughs> um, you know, they do demos until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So, you know, we'd hit the pillow. We'd be gone 10 seconds. Yeah. And, you know, it, as a group that, uh, you know, that whole, um, that whole setup down there, uh, you know, it just, um, you know, you couldn't feel more welcome, uh, while you're there, everybody has, they give you a little name tag to put on your hat. You know, nobody walks by without introducing themselves. So it's, um, you know, it's really a special event. Yeah. We've got to go. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's just, you know, because of the, you know, the shows, the, you know, the, the actual model and hobby expos have sort of dried up. And that and that now leaves us with things like Joe Nall and and mm -hmm. Florida Jets is another one I'd like to go to someday. But all these big events and and we just you never know when their final show is going to be. Yeah, you know. So we just we just need to do it. Need to bite the bullet and make it happen. Yeah, I agree. Oh, please yeah. do. So yeah, because yeah, you know we uh, we went for the first time in uh, in nineteen, and that was supposed to be a once in a lifetime bucket trip, a uh, bucket list trip. Yeah. You know, so we uh, we checked in, we got settled, uh, we arriving. Uh, my good friend Joe and I, we took off in the golf cart, and I don't know we weren't 200 yards from our campsite, and we're watching this. You know, I mean, it's some of the best 3D pilots in the world. 
uh, you know, a flying there. So uh, their main road is perpendicular to the uh, the 3D runway. Uh, you know, so we're driving this golf cart and, you know, here comes this guy, you know, big giant airplane. He's rifle rolling at a foot off the ground, you know, 100 miles an hour. And, um, you know, we both looked at each other and said, yeah, we're just coming back here every year. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID's changed those plans the last couple of years. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're uh, we're raring to go and, um, you know, can't wait to get back down there. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. I mean, we just have to do it. I mean, that's all that's all you got. Because like I said, I mean, you know, the the. Toledo was a lot of fun, but that was a swap meet. It wasn't yeah. the, the, the Toledo Expo that everybody, you, you know, know. I feel like but, honestly, the the Joe Null like experience, like like for what you're going to be going to do, Jeff, would be like an episode of its own. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just think that would be. Maybe we could have you back and we could talk about. Oh, your, I'd love to. Yeah, maybe yeah. we could have you back and talk about your experience for this year at yeah, Joe Null, and that would be enough to, you know, to get us just raring to go for next year. Yeah, you know, because there's there's something for everybody there. You know, there's a you know there's a helicopter line. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny that uh, you get to that main flight line. I mean, you know, there's some guys with just some big iron there. You know, you, you get jaded. You know, you're literally stepping over. You know, is this guy with a thirty thousand dollar Havoc jet, and you step over another one. And then you know, for guys that like classic airplanes, I mean, there was works of art that were there, and you know, they're flying these airplanes. I mean, you know. I don't know. I, I talked to one guy. You know, he had like three thousand air uh, hours into a uh, into a model. I mean, you'd never see anything like that. And then you know, you got an electric flight line. You got an electric three D line. You got a pond. You've got the main three D line. I mean, the pond. Uh, we absolutely. Uh, you know, we enjoyed that. I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, our our first visit down there. Uh, we went one night. They have like a nice steak fry, and we pay twenty five bucks, and you get to burn your own steak. And uh, we got our planes. We went to the uh, we went to the pond, and uh, geez, we look up. You know, there's like 15 airplanes. Uh, you know, circling the pond. You know, my friend was all set to fly, and then he handed me the radio. He goes, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so literally, it was like NASCAR. It's like, okay, pick your place, and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you find a little bit of airspace. Yeah. Uh, they have a boat of shame, uh, so that if you do uh, crash or put one in the uh, water, they got a little John boat with uh, an electric motor on it. So there's really something there for everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, yeah. Well, uh, let's let's set let's set that up. We'll we'll have yeah. to, like I said, seriously have you back on after you you go and do yeah. that, and we'll. We'll have a follow-up with you on that one. I think that'll be yeah. fun. And, uh, you know, it gets, uh, you know, it gets busy, um, you know, later in the week. And, uh, you know, we uh, were befriended by, uh, you know, some local guys down, down there. So um, Blue Ridge Radio Control Club down in Piedmont, South Carolina. Um, they invited us down for a day of flying at their club, put on a nice barbecue for us. Um, they're planning on doing that again one day. So, I mean, it just, you know, just couldn't be nice to people down there the whole time you're, uh, you know, you got to pry a smile off of your face for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, like I said earlier, you know, that's, that's what I love about the hobby. It's just, seems like everybody, no matter where you go, they're just always very polite and friendly and accommodating. Bunch and, of nice guys. Yeah. Yep. I mean, people, like-minded people, you know. Exactly. Playing with toys. Yeah. That are awesome. That are awesome. So, well, is there anything uh, anything else you want to talk about, Jeff? Yeah, I guess the uh, the, the only last thing uh, would just be, you know, a little public service for, uh, you know, especially for the guys that belong to uh, the clubs is, you know, um, you know, this isn't a young man's hobby. I mean, most of the guys I fly with are, you know, 40 to 70 plus years old uh, is, you know, be an ambassador uh, to your club and to the hobby. 
you know, um, you know, I get pretty excited when, uh, you know, family pulls into, uh, you know, into our parking lot, you know, always make a, uh, you know, an effort to, uh, to wave, you know, walk over, introduce themselves, you know, get the kids out of the car, let them, uh, come take a, you know, come take a peek at what we're doing. Um, you know, we do have a couple of club trainers, but you know, they're not always charged up and ready to go. You know, if you can get a kid on a buddy box or get a kid and his dad on the buddy box, that's a, you know, really great way to introduce them into the hobby. Uh, even if you, if that's not available, you know, if you got something that's not, you know, crazy difficult to fly, you know, I, I will invite them up to uh, just kind of watch me, you know, just take the mystery out of what we're doing up there. Um, you know, it's a good time to get into the hobby. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's pretty affordable, right? You can get that little, you know, Aero Scout with a radio and everything for, you know, 300 bucks. And um, if, if that isn't, um, you know, if that's too high, uh, you know, we have a number of members that are, uh, you know, big fans of flight test and, you know, they, you know, you can build an airplane for a hundred bucks. Uh, you know, quite often we've had, uh, you know, young people have gone into the hobby and, you know, we've put out a message on our own uh, Facebook page. Hey, you know, somebody got an old radio uh, that we can, you know, give this kid so that he can, uh, you know, get him into it. So, yeah, just, you know, I just ask everybody to reinvest when you can into the hobby, you know, not necessarily money, but just, uh, you know, with your time and your attitude towards uh, new people. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't personally experienced it, but I've, you know, heard horror stories of, uh, you know, people that, um, you know, were, you know, were turned off by, uh, you know, basically by the, you know, by the members kind of a thing. So, no, just be a good citizen. Yeah. Yeah. I could not have said it better. Yeah. That's yeah. well stated. So I agree completely. There's, there are some times where you hear about some people that feel like they, uh, like they own the place. Like, you know, I'm, I'm flying an expensive plane, get your cheap little one out of here. You know, there's, there's just some entitlement to some people, not that I have dealt with a lot. Um, but yeah, let's not do that. I think let's, let's be as, as good, uh, ambassadors, you know, as you said, as as we can just to bring everybody in. Cause it's fun. It's cool. There's, there's more people, the better, I think. And here's the bottom line. I mean, they're toys, right? I mean, they really are. (laughs) <laughs> but they're awesome toys. They are awesome. I'm not going to take that away, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Jeff. Those uh, were words well spoken. Yeah. It was, Thank uh, you. It Thank was you. A, a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this was um, fun. Our pleasure. Like I said, we will we will definitely schedule a time here for uh, a Joe Nall follow-up, and then you yeah. can kind of make us salivate on <laughs> what we missed and what we yeah. uh, what? how we want to make sure we yeah. make it to next year or the year after. So. Yep. Well, maybe I'll see if a few of my uh, my uh, friends would be willing to uh, to join us as well. I don't know if you can have multiples on uh, on a given evening. Yeah, that, that I, would be well, that would we'll be cool. We'll have to look into that. I think yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, if we can make that work, I think that would be that would be fantastic. I will I will do my best to make that happen. How's that? Man? Excellent. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you very much. Uh, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. And you? And I'm Jeff Arsenal. God bless. Thank you all. <laughs> all, all right. right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Jeff. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.